That's all right. <laughs> oh, oh there yes. you are. Uh, children are dismissed to go to uh, Sunday school right now. All right, did everybody get a flyer when they came in, a uh, bulletin? Did everybody get one? Okay. Inside that bulletin is a sheet of paper. That's what we're, at the end of today, that's what we're going to ask you to fill out. There should be some uh, pens in the seat back in front of you. Um, we encourage you to, number one, pray. Pray. That's what we're asking you to do. Um, if you don't want to fill anything out, don't fill anything out. But we're asking you just to pray about it. And uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today of, of how can I be a part of this wonderful, wonderful thing called Freedom Fellowship. Tom? Yeah, the, uh, when I was in high school and college, um, I know this will surprise you, especially probably my grandchildren, but I probably wasn't the most disciplined uh, book cracker on the planet. I had to kind of, you know, my mind just kind of be all over. But one of the things I did believe in is uh, the reviews. What I found is in high school and college that the teachers, uh, what they wanted to do and what they typically test you about were the things that, that, uh, that, were, that they were going to cover in this review. Okay. And so what I would do in the review, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be very diligent, I'd really be listening, I'd be taking good notes because I realized that what they were going to tell me if I paid attention was something that was really going to help me. Now the things we're going to talk about today, for some of you, they're going to seem like review. You've been around, you, you kind of know how we do things. But I think even if you've been around for a while, even these things uh, that are reviews, they're still a good thing because what they take us back is they remind us about some of the very cornerstone things uh, of Freedom Fellowship and the reason we uh, do the things we do and why we do them. And hopefully then for some of you maybe that are newer, it'll, uh, it'll be kind of a good eye-opener to see why we make some of the choices and why some of the styles we have. You see behind us, you see the mantra, and I love that mantra. You know, we, we kind of milled around for a long time trying to come up with what we thought was just the right thing. But I, di I just love it because I think when it talks about it, it says, love God, love others, and serve both. I don't know how more succinctly that that could be put. But it's not a slogan, and it's not a motto. You know, we kind of even struggled. You and I talked the other day about what do you call it. We came up right. with this mantra thing. Neither one of us, by the way, know what a mantra is, but we've had, it's a high-sounding it, it word, right? It sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel smarter when I say something yeah, like that. Yeah, I do that. too. And so when, but this mantra we're talking about, what it really is, is when you look at that list of these three things, it is really a statement about how we individually, how we're going to approach our faith. It's also, uh, it talks about how if I really believe that, if I profess that, it also says this is how I'm going to live out my life. Now, what is important as well is what it does. It helps us establish our life priorities. And these things help us, again, to, to try to line our life up with the things that are important to us and the things that we believe in our faith. So, like what, what Tom was talking about is what we're going to look at today is we're going to be looking at, at kind of what we do here at Freedom Fellowship. And, and Ben, if we can put up that slide that says why, we're going to ask ourselves this today. Why do we do what we do? Why do we get together? Where in Scripture do we 
get the, the juice to kind of do what it is that we do here. So we're not just going to be talking about what we do, but more importantly, why we do it as believers. And again, on the banner, you can see it's love God, love others, and serve both. It is really that simple. So this mantra was really uh, kind of based on, on a couple of different scriptures. And Ben, if we can throw up the next one. This is from uh, Luke chapter 10. This is when the Pharisees were trying to trick Jesus into saying something that he shouldn't. So the first one is Luke 10, 27. It says, he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Now that's from the mouth of Christ and see how that lines up with our banner, uh, with our mantra on it. But also Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, he said, no man can serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other or else... Um, he will hold one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So love God, love others, and serve both. Let's take a look at and see what these two scriptures, kind of what that looks like in reality. So we talk about love God. And if you just kind of start, if you're, if you're around work or school, sometimes you know what a decision tree is. You know, you make a decision and it's yes or no, and then you follow this other path down there. Now, in this decision tree, one of the first things we do when we're talking about this loving God part is we'll make it, we make a choice about loving God. Now, interesting, and I think what a great thing is when, when God set this whole structure up, he gave us free will. We have a choice to accept God, to accept this supreme being, or we have a choice to, to deny him and think, okay, that, that doesn't exist. It's just, the, you know, the world's a black hole. But when, when free will manifests itself, we have to make a choice about whether there is a God, this supreme being that we talk about. And then, if, in fact, if we accept the fact that there is a God, then the next thing we do, if, we, if we're chasing the Christian faith, we ask ourselves, well, is there a son of God? Is, is, there a, is there a Jesus? And is there a son of God that he came to earth? Now, understanding the way we believe and the way I believe and the way I believe to be truth that if you choose not to take that route, there are grave consequences for making that decision of free will and ignoring the fact that there is a God and there is a Son, Jesus Christ. Now, if you and I decide that we truly believe that there is a God and that Jesus is the Son of God, that he came to earth and, and, he, and he died, he was buried, he was resurrected, the things that we believe about our Christian faith, then we go to what the next choice is. And the next choice is, Am I a church person? That kind of comes down the decision tree. Am I, am I a church person? Am I, do I understand that it's important for me to be a part of the body of Christ? Or perhaps do I even need to be a church person? You see, the way I, the way I understand it, and I think it's very clear in Scripture, that the church is the vehicle that God selected to move his kingdom forward here on earth. Mm -hmm. Now, if, in fact, the church is a vehicle, and I believe it is scripturally, then, and, and understand now when we're talking about this vehicle. Now, he could have chosen different vehicles. He could have said, well, the great outdoors is the vehicle. Your work is the vehicle. That's where you should get lost and you should invest your life. But he didn't. He said, the church is the vehicle to move my kingdom forward. So if I decide I'm a church person, then I must have to admit that there is, there is value in being part 
of the body, a value of being part of the body of Christ. Now, for the purpose of today, let's assume that all of us that are sitting here today, that we've made that evaluation. You're in a, you're in a church house, and you've made the evaluation. You said, now, church is an important thing. I believe that I need to be a, an active part in a body of believers, and that's why you showed up today. There'll be some home at home that are, that are not here today, but they've made that same choice. Now, then we make the calculation, because it goes back to our mantra, we make the calculation, well, just how much will I love God? Will I literally love him with, as the scripture that Justin read, will I love him with all my strength and with all my mind? Will I do that? Will I love him with all my soul, as the Bible says? Now, therein lies the dilemma. Because when we start thinking about being a, a, a Christian person, we start thinking about being a part of the body of the believers, and, and let's say we are, let's, let's say that for the sake of this example, that we are professing Christians. Now, the question then that you, you're faced with, am I all in in my faith, or am I in just incrementally? Now, incrementally being I'm, I'm all in or I'm part in. And I think that's one of the, the critical dilemmas in professing Christians in, the, in this, uh, let's just say the United States. It's in the world thing, but let's say the United States. Because the, the mantra says, love God, but yet sometimes when we look at our faith, we really kind of want it to be a part of our life, not the main thing in our life that really drives all the other parts. So talk to us a little bit about your view of that. So... If you think back in, in your minds, when you look at the Apostle Paul's story, when he was on the road to Damascus, an angel didn't come to him. Jesus Christ himself showed up to Paul. Now, Paul had a very good, rich history, I don't mean good in a good way, but a rich history of persecuting the church. And you may be thinking, okay, well, why is the church important? I, I need to kind of draw a distinction between my personal faith and the church. You may be thinking, well, I'm all in in my faith, but maybe incrementally in the church or just part of me in the church. And I want to make this case. Now, I'm interrupting now. Yep. But when you talk about church, you're really not talking just about freedom fellowship. Right, the, the church, the, the vehicle with which right. God is, is moving his kingdom forward. But I want you to think back to this. When Paul was there in whatever was happening on the road to Damascus, that, that thing that happened, Jesus asked him this question, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Again, Paul was persecuting the church, but Jesus said, why are you persecuting me? So I bring that up to say that the church of Jesus Christ, including Freedom Fellowship, but the kingdom of God, when we think about our personal faith versus what Christ sees as his church, they're, they're two different things, but they're, they're directly entwined with one another. That's why Hebrews 10.25 talks about not forsaking together the assembling of yourselves together. We come together as a church family to be able to worship the Lord together. So again, under this, this first part of love God, what does that have to do with me? It's up to each and every one of us individually to learn to love 
God as much as we possibly can. We learn him through this right here. We learn him not through my thoughts on the Lord, your thoughts on the Lord, Eric, Nate, anybody, our personal thoughts. Nobody cares, Brady. Nobody cares, right? I almost got him to say amen last week, by the way. But the point is, it's for us. We should have a deepening love for the Lord individually, but also as a church body, but also take that bigger to the church as a whole. And that's what we try to do here is create opportunities for us to love the Lord deeper. So you move from loving God, and let's say we've kind of driven a stake there that that's important, and we've talked about why. Then we move to the second part of this mantra, which is love others. Now, uh, if you spend any time in God's Word, you understand that, that this loving others is a part of God's nature. Because uh, we understand that both uh, He and we should, we need and we value relationships. We need each other. I go back into the early chapters, uh, second chapter of Genesis, and this is what it says. We're talking about Adam at that time, and it says this in, the, in Genesis 2. Then the Lord said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper that is fit for him. God recognized that how important the relationship was. Then we go back and, and think about in the Jesus in his ministry. And, you know, Jesus, I mean, you know, he's God. I mean, he's God in a human form. Mm -hmm. But yet, what he saw is he saw how important it was, and we're talking about this vehicle, the church. Not a, not, it wasn't just important for the church itself, the vehicle, to move forward. But he saw how important it even was for him personally to have mates. And so what he did, he went out and he, he, he selected these 12 disciples. Now, we, we read and we, we hear a lot about them, but there were a lot of people that loved him and that he loved that were part of his relationship. And see, that's, that's the process, as he said, I really need, I'm going to select these, these 12, but it's going to take these other relationships as well to move the gospel forward. But see, I do, I think it's deeper than that because the reality is people need people. People need people. God built us that way. That's, in, that's built in our DNA, if you will. He desired to have a relationship with us. That's why he created us. He wanted a relationship with us. He wanted a relationship of free will. He didn't want us to be robots. What fun would that be? You know, and I, I kind of think sometimes it'd be fun. He sees us do all this dumb stuff, and I'm going, you know, how, how disappointing that is. But, but for him, what he saw is he saw the necessity of this relationship. He desired that. And see, men need men in relationships. Women need women. And men and women need healthy relationships. That's literally how God, how he built us. I've had conversations with people who said, well, you know what, Tom? I could, I'd be very content. I could just go out. If I just had a cabin and, and a, you know, and a, a gun, I'd, I'd, I could live out there by myself, never see anybody, and I would be perfectly happy. Well, congratulations. You might be happy, but that is not what God built us for. He didn't build us for solitude. He built us to have relationships and to love each other. And, and that relationship is with, with others and a close 
relationship with him. So the second part of the mantra to kind of piggyback off what Tom is, is talking about is to love others. So how do we do that here at Freedom Fellowship? So in your bulletin, if you open that up, we've got a list of uh, some of the small groups that we have here at the church. Small groups, including Bible studies, prayer groups, all of that. Um, so you may be thinking, okay, well, you know, it doesn't really kind of work for my schedule, you know, all of that. We've got small groups on different days of the weeks. For our home groups, we have Sundays, Mondays and Wednesdays and Thursdays. So you can pick one of those. We have some in the morning. We have some in the evening. Um, we have Bible studies. Uh, we have one right before uh, service at 9 o'clock here in the Life Center. Um, I would love to add a third table back there. I mean, we're getting pretty big to where we may have to do that. But we invite you to come be a part of it. Yes, we study the Scripture. That's what a Bible study is. But we also have relationships back there, exactly what Tom was talking about. Um, Bible studies, we have some on Wednesday mornings. The, the women are actually going to start the Sermon on the Mount in uh, the middle of February, which Kathy Dozier is, is leading that. We also have Thursday night uh, women's Bible study that is going to start up again soon. We have prayer groups that meet Friday and other days during the week. The point is this, to be a part of other like-minded Christians to uh, be able to talk with and to uh, sharpen iron with, these are the places where this kind of stuff happens. It's not, and I may get beat up by the teachers, myself included, it's not about what we're studying, how fast we're going, how slow we're going, uh, you know, anything like that. It is just a vehicle for these relationships, and most importantly, for us to worship and study the Lord together. The important thing is about those relationships. Now, elsewhere, beyond small groups, Bible studies, prayer groups, uh, we also have our children's ministry back there. We also have our youth ministry here. So we encourage um, your kids to be an active part of that. And for you as parents, grandparents, cousins, whatever, that relationship is for you to take an active part in that. Ask them, what did you learn tonight? Or what did you learn this morning? Uh, we talked about prayer groups. Um, also, what we do here at Freedom Fellowship, if you are not aware of this, is we have a prayer family of the week that goes out every Sunday. And what we do is we select those names, people who are uh, on our membership roster, which we'll talk about here in just a second. Um, and what we do is we select each of a different family every week, and it could be an individual. And what we do is we send you an email ahead of time asking, what can we pray for you about? Some people are, hey, I want you to pray for this, 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 and this. Other people, they say, I'm good. Either way, it's okay. But for us as a church, what we want to do is we, as a congregation, people in here, we pray for each member of this church and their families. So if you are unsure about what prayer family of the week is, that's what we do. That email does not go to the outside world. It just goes to the people who sign up for that. So if you want to be a part of that praying 
congregation, we encourage you to let us know uh, that little piece of paper inside your bulletin. Fill that out and say, I want to be added to the prayer family list or I want to be a part of the email blast. Yes, uh, I think uh, I think important to mention to that too is that uh, some of you don't know the process, but effectively if you're an active participant and, you, and you're attending with any regularity, uh, your name is in that proverbial hat. Right. That's prayed over. There's a name picked out of there. Okay. It's not just a rotating go down. We did eight, number eight last week. We'll do number nine. But the, but it comes out of that after prayer. And I can tell you that if you talk to very many people around this sanctuary that have been prayer family, you'll find out how many times that week was critical to them that they would that the, being the prayer family wasn't just coincidental or an accident. Yep, absolutely. And we put your address on there, if you're comfortable giving that out, your phone number in case, um, you, if you are comfortable giving that out, because there are people in here who like to send encouraging text messages of, hey, I'm praying for you this week. Um, you get letters in the mail. You feel the love of this congregation. So uh, I encourage you to be active in that. If it's not your week, to actually pray for the people that are part of that. Um, so that's enough about Prayer Family of the Week. Just fill out that piece of paper. We encourage you to do so so that you can be a part of that. The other thing with that, as far as our email blast goes, because this is such a praying church and a praying congregation, is occasionally there are things that pop up where we need prayer for uh, certain people. That actually happened this week a few times. And what we will do is we will send out a, an email that says, Your Prayers Requested. And it will give just kind of basic information to where you can actually pray for whoever is on that uh, needs list. So the last thing I want to say about how we love others. Again, that's kind of what we're talking about. We love others. We don't do it because, ah, gosh, prayer family of the week, got to pray for them. <clears throat> An angry pray, if that's a thing. I don't know if it is, but. Uh, maybe maybe in your life. It. I yeah. don't know. So. But it, it, you're not praying, oh, gosh, I have to pray for... No, it's because the Lord has shown me love. I want to show love to others. This equals that, and therefore we pray. The last thing I want to say is we also do social things together. We like each other, presumably. Uh, but what we do is we get together and we do fellowship opportunities. This summer, we're going to go to a baseball game. We're going to have movie nights coming up. We are going to have, immediately following this, a meal that we're going to share together uh, in the Life Center. We do that once a month, every second Sunday of the month. Um, and what we do is the church will provide the meal. We bring sides and desserts and you know soups and that kind of thing. But the point is not just to have a great meal because we're going to, but it is to love others, love the people that are in this church family. Because as we all know, family is great, but do we love everybody in our family? Yes, we, we should. We should. Uh, but it's, it's you, you love the, the family that you're with. When you, when you uh, the, the thing too, to, I think for us all to remember, uh, virtually all of us, at one time we're new to this church. And so you remember that when you came and been, perhaps you, you might have known a person that invited you, but you didn't know very many people. And so 
Uh, and some, some of us come a lot, but yet if we try to figure out when somebody says, well, oh, so-and-so, they list a name, and they kind of go, yeah, I don't really know who this is. These are the kind of things that help you do that. Yeah. Now, we might be embarrassed because we may go sit at the table. We encourage you to kind of mix it up and not just sit together in the same clan. But when you, when you do mix it up and you go, don't be embarrassed to say, I am sorry, but help me with your name again. It's not a, that's not a mortal sin. That's what we're trying to do is to build those relationships. And we also have an opportunity to participate in other people's lives, maybe find out things we can be praying for them about. Absolutely. So what the Apostle Paul does, and, and for the sake of time, I'm, I'm not going to read this, but Ben, if we can put this up, uh, 1 Corinthians. I, I encourage you to read 1 Corinthians chapter 12 because what he does is he paints a, a word picture about the body of Christ. And... He, he uses the analogy of a body, and what it shows is every single piece of the body is important. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a body. Now, you may be thinking, well, you know, I'm not, you know, I just kind of want to come in, kind of get a little God, and then, you know, hit the, hit the door and, you know, kind of go about my, my day. But what I would encourage you to do is... Uh, I did this a couple weeks ago, but JFK said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what your country, what you can do for your country. You messed it up last time too, by the way. Yeah. Thank you for pointing that out. What you can do for your country. Yeah. So same kind of thing. What, it's not just what can I get from church this week, but what can I give my church? How can I make Freedom Fellowship better? Absolutely. And that, that's what we ask you to pray about because each and every one of us are gifted in unique ways in order to help the body. And, and uh, like I said, for the sake of time, I'm not going um, to read that because we are running short on time. But I want you to think about this. You may be thinking, well, I'm a pinky toe on the body of Freedom Fellowship. I know it's a weird. I'm, I, now that I say it out loud, I'm like, that's the best you can come up with. But yeah. think about this. If you didn't have that pinky toe. Balance. Balance. Right? You maybe think, well, I'm just, I'm one person. I, you know, I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm not that important. I'm not up on, on the platform. I'm not singing in the worship team. I'm, you know, think of that pinky toe. Every single piece of the body has a specific function. Each and every one of us are gifted in a unique way to help the people in this room. Uh, the next thing we're going to talk about, which is the, the third that's on here, is serve both. And the dangerous thing when you're a speaker, by the way, is something comes into your mind and you just decide to go ahead and say it. And that I, happens I, to you too? Once yeah. in a while. And it's, it's a dangerous thing. But, but I was reminded uh, a minute ago that uh, one of the things that you hear a lot, I don't care what environment you're in, and, and people are thinking about serving, uh, they'll, they'll talk about how busy they are. And I'm reminded of a seminar I set through years ago, and the person said, if you want something done, give it to a busy person. So the reason I say that, don't use that with me, okay? Because all that really says is you evidently want to get something done because you're a busy person, so hey, give me a job. Mm -hmm. But the reality for us is we have to think about serving others. And how do we do that? You remember the, the rings and the little arm straps and the shirts that said WWJD on there? You know, what would Jesus do? And you know, what an appropriate thing because 
when we're, when we're modeling these things, when we're trying to think about this mantra, what we're trying to do is to say, okay, well, Jesus was my model. He's my model. And so what would he do? That's, that's a process. I don't care if you're a junior high, high schooler, adult, but that's a process that's good for us to do because we're making a decision. That's a great litmus test is to ask ourselves, well, what would Jesus do in this circumstance? It's a great way to process our decisions and to establish our priorities. Now listen to the, one of the things that he said in the 20th chapter of Matthew or it's, that is said about him. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Let me say it again. Just as the Son of Man, Jesus, did not come to be served, but to serve, and he gave his life as a ransom for many. Now, see, serving uh, comes naturally for some people. Now, one of the things that we'll probably talk about in the future is we're going to talk about spiritual gifts, because I think sometimes... We, we maybe don't know what our gifting is, but a lot of times your gifting are the things that seem more natural to you. They just seem like they just kind of fit. Now, uh, when you think about serving others, for some of you, serving, that's just, that's just natural. That's just part of what you do. It's, it's like an instinct. But then there's others that that's not that way. It's, it, others, serving has to be an intentional thing that we do. It has to be a conscious decision that I'm going to serve. Now, uh, that I should serve, I should serve, but if we think about it, you really have to term that differently. And what we should say is not that I should serve, because that's a, uh, that's a soft answer. Mm -hmm. But scripture says, if I'm following the model, I will serve. Mm -hmm. That's what it's saying. It's not, it's really not an option. If we're a professing believer, we're supposed to be serving, just, just like our example did, like Jesus did. And we're supposed to be serving God, and we're supposed to be serving others, our fellow man. But what we have to do is we have to be careful, because sometimes if we're serving, and it's not necessarily in our gifting, it's easy for us to think about, well, you know, this, I'm going to do it just because it's an obligation. Sometimes people come to church because they see it as an obligation. Some of the young people come, maybe not because they want to be here, but they feel like it's an obligation because mom and dad said, you're going to be there. Mm -hmm. But the reality for us is what we have to see. When we see serving other people, we shouldn't see it as an obligation. What we should see it as literally an opportunity for ministry. So speaking of that opportunity for ministry, you may be thinking, okay, so how do I do this? Here at Freedom Fellowship, how can I help serve? Well, I want to kind of give you some perspective. Ben, if we can throw up the, the yellow graphic. This is our missions just in 2022. From January 1st to December 31st, last year, 14,178 items came out of this church from that room right back through that door. That is about what? 3,000, roughly 2,000, 3,000 more than 2021. If you follow trends, we're going to have more and more opportunities to minister to Northwest Arkansas and, and really beyond. But just looking at these, 
personal care items, little shampoos and, and things like that. Cleaning supplies, self-explanatory. Food items, we can always use food for our food pantry. Uh, this says, does not include food pantry, so this is actually beyond that. But look at the clothing items. The clothing items, the school supplies, household items, tents, sleeping bags, games, puzzles, things like that. That's the type of stuff that our missions team, which is headed up by Gail Ganaway, this is what we give to the Northwest Arkansas community. Just a couple, what, a week or two ago, just around Christmas time, the uh, Walker Elementary here in Springdale said, hey, we have a desperate need of food for our kids in our food pantry. Who did they call? Freedom Fellowship. Actually, they called Gail. They said, hey, we have a desperate need. We know that you guys are uh, dependable. Can you help us with this? And guess what? Everyone stepped up. That's what this church is, is so amazing to see because 1 John chapter 3 says, let's just not love each other in word or in uh, tongue, but in deed. Our actions, do our actions back up what it is that we believe based on this to the people outside of these church walls, I would say 100% absolutely. So we are going to have a lot more opportunity. If you would like to be involved in this missions project, we have on that sheet that we're asking you to fill out, just check missions and we will get you in touch with Gail. The, uh, there, there's other ways to give too. The mission thing is wonderful and we're so blessed. Uh, another way is really by giving. You know, when we're taught kind of in churches, you know, that you're you're, you're given not only your finances, but you're given your, your time and your talents. And that's a part of that. When it comes to tithe and offerings, one of the things that is at Freedom is a little bit different is you see there, we have baskets at the back. And we have people sometimes that will come that want to give and they'll catch one of us and say, I don't know where to put my offering. Well, there are baskets at the back. For 18 years, that's what we've done. Now... Other churches pass plates. God bless them. That's fine. I don't, that doesn't get, that's not a problem. But when we go to Scripture, Scripture tells us in multiple places, when we give, you give joyfully. Okay? That's right. We've always felt that the reason we had the baskets back there is we want you, if you're going to give, we want you to give joyfully. There shouldn't be a reason to have to pass a plate and others buy you, wonder if you're putting something in or taking something out. But there shouldn't be a reason to do that. Now, I'm, I'm fine with churches that do it, but our style is this. We're grown-ups. We're old enough to make those choices. We're old enough to establish our priorities in life. And so if, I'm, if it's on my heart to give joyfully, I can find those baskets, or I can find the drop box that's by the office. And you know what a wonderful thing that's been. You can give online. You can go to Freedom Fellowship. Uh, dot com backslash give you can do that we've got a number of people to do it you bring food items if you come in from the east entrance a lot almost any sunday you'll see a table where we're gathering things that's going to go out into the mission field for some reason and we also do that with new clothes or gently used clothes uh, that end up finding their way to to the homeless to veterans to any number of places we do it but, you know, one of the things that I think is a great thing, too, and, and, and I don't want to gloss over this, but this church at Freedom Fellowship is debt-free. 
right. That is a big deal. Mm -hmm. And we have recurring bills. We pay utilities and stuff, but we are debt-free. It unshackles us. It allows us to make choices about how to, how to do these three things without, without having this weight over us that we have all this overhead that we have to pay for. Right. And so it's been a great thing, I think, for us. Because the New Testament teaches, it says, that, that when you give, in any of these things we're talking about, when you give, you give joyfully, not out of compulsion, not out of requirement, not out of, of obligation, but because in your heart you realized, I am so blessed, I want to share back whatever those resources have that, that I have are. Absolutely. And one other uh, final note about our missions is uh, Les Dozier heads up our, our missions board group, whatever you want to call it. Um, and we are going to have a meeting hopefully in the next couple months. But what we do is we want to hear from you. If you know that there is a organization, a nonprofit or some one, some place that needs help out in our community, we want to hear from you. So uh, we are going to have that. We do specific projects each and every month, like what Tom was talking about in this East Lobby over here. You're, you'll see a table set up for, um, you know, a particular organization, and that's what we're going to be collecting for uh, that month. So I just wanted to kind of put that one out of the, there. And one of the things we slid by, and you may or may not know, uh, we don't tend to talk about this stuff as much as we should, but we have, a, we have a group of ministries that we, outside of this building, that we support every month as well. Yeah. That, that we have stipends that go out to them to help support them. You know, that may be in Loganoff, which is Haiti or mm -hmm. different places, but we do have that, that that is an ongoing part of our giving as we try to be faithful outside of these walls. That's right. And, and if you go out these two doors, of course, we're going to go out this one for Second Sunday, but we have bulletin boards out here on, on these walls. We encourage you to go. Those are updated regularly uh, to see what it is that Freedom Fellowship is supporting and also uh, kind of what those ministries are doing. So, again, what we're asking you to do is, number one, pray. How can I give back to Freedom Fellowship? And you, there's a variety of different ways that you can do that. But that piece of paper that is in the middle of that bulletin, if you didn't get a bulletin, we have some set up out here on one of the tables as we go to Second Sunday Social. We also have sign-up sheets out there for uh, our small groups. Each of the small groups has a sign-up sheet. Feel free to sign up, ask questions, just, not just about uh, you know, any, anything about small groups, but anything about the church. You can find myself, one of the elders. You can talk to Gail about missions. You can talk to, you know, Karen about her women's Bible study. You can, um, you can talk to each of the, the leaders, and we encourage you to do that. Because, again, what we want to do, our purpose here is to love God, love others, and serve both. Yeah, I think, uh, and uh, let's go back to that Kennedy deal. You did that real well. Uh, but, Thank you know, you. I think what he said was, is ask not what your church can do for you, but what you can do for your church. I like that. And, uh, and I think it's important for us as we kind of put closure on what we're talking about today. But it's been a hasty review. I, I hope that uh, for some of you it will be fresh information, things maybe you didn't know for some, just a, a good review about some of the cornerstones and things that are there. Our biggest hope was, is that when you look at these three things, love God, love others, serve both, we hope that you say, you know what, 
I want to apply that in my life. I want that to be a part of my DNA of who I am. And we need to learn those things and we need to apply them. We're going to, again, we're going to go to Second Sunday Social. We're going to go out these doors in a minute. Like I say, the sign-up sheets are out here. If you want to get on that list or talk to somebody, maybe it's a leader, about what their uh, offering is going to be for this uh, spring semester. But, uh, but think about the part about getting to know people. It is a mixer uh, as well. You know, there's no program planned. The program really is really getting to know each other and participating in each other's life. So help us, uh, help us do that, and we hope you'll stay and, and participate. Bow your heads as we got something there. Shoot away. Okay. Uh, yeah, for, uh, for Brian Carice, both their family, they've had a lot of uh, opportunities, let's call them, for prayer. Uh, you know, Daniel had a burn and, and uh, was able to get through that and uh, get back to school. And uh, Brian's mom uh, has been in hospice, and I guess no change there. Okay. So be praying for them, uh, if you will. Yeah. Just, uh, just bathe them in prayers as much as, uh, as we do for the many that we have that are in circumstances. Let's bow your heads with me. Father, we, uh, we do pray that when we think about our priorities in life, Lord, we pray that our priorities line up with those things. Lord, we, we, we desperately want to love you. We, we're so thankful for the son you sent. We, we, we understand that not everybody is easy to love, uh, but that's, that, that's not the question. The reality is you've said for us to love others. And, and Lord, we too uh, just ask, Father, that when it comes to service, that we realize that, that we're called to be wagon pullers, not wagon riders, that you've asked us to, to be of service, just like the son. He didn't come to be served. Jesus came to serve, and he's our model. And Lord, I just ask a blessing over this mealtime we share together. I thank you for the hands that, that brought it together today for us to have this opportunity to share. Because after all, we are Christians, but we're brothers and sisters in the Lord. In Jesus' name. And the congregation said, Amen.